Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, good morning. We're finishing out this summer uh, with, with, with a bang here, with Unstoppable. I guess you're sort of launching fall, finishing out summer simultaneously uh, with this whole big, huge idea. And it is what? It is called... Oh, that was pathetic. I'm sorry. You all been watching way too much Olympics. Let's try this again. It is called Unstoppable. Very good, man. So, you know, we're going to be an unstoppable force, and I, I'm going to give you some ideas. I'm going to give you some, some beliefs, and more importantly, I hope you trust what I'm about to say, because it's not my words, it's his. Uh, we've been praying over this for a couple weeks now. Man, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey uh, just to be able to sit and worship and, and watch some other people and take their natural gifts and use them, but it has been awesome. So if you're new with this, man, you're, you're, you start off on the right journey, man. Welcome. Welcome to the loft, and we're Gonna, we're going to do this right. And so I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Uh, and, and let's pray that we start to sink our teeth in what God has called this movement of believers to be and what we're, we're supposed to be doing and what a, what a unique road do each and every single one of you have for this movement called Centerpoint. And, and more importantly, what you have been called to do for the church. Now, I know there's some deep things I just threw at you. And I don't know if you got your ears, you know, you got your cobwebs out or you're, you're listening yet, but I promise you, if you start to really just sense something moving, it's not my words, it's the Holy Spirit moving you. It really is. Because I, I, we have been praying over your seats this morning already. We have been fasting. There's, some have been literally on their faces. And I, I know God's getting ready to do something crazy. He's going to do something unstoppable. And so, but before we dive in, I know a lot of you are tired because uh, everyone's back in school by now, I think. And and some of you got some moans. I've talked to some people this morning already. They're they're driving 85 miles an hour to get to school. Uh, They haven't figured that that routine yet, you know. We've been staying up way too late. Plus, if you put the heat in the middle of everything, it's kind of unbearable, right? You know know what I'm talking about? This week, I I literally, you walked outside and you felt like you just took a shower. I mean, it it was kind of, it was unbearable for some of us. Uh, And then, you know, I don't understand this yet, but I know some of you, you're just out there, you're out there playing this game called Pokemon way too late at nighttime. You're staying up, you're chasing these dudes. Well, by the way, if you haven't noticed, there's a Pikachu out in the lobby. We did that on purpose just to see if you'd find him. And so go out there and look for him, not during the service, after the service. Uh, And the last but not least, if you're like me, you've been staying up way too late watching what? Oh, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a junkie. I, I, I need to go to rehab for this stuff. Uh, it, is, it is great uh, watching all that. But let's just be honest. You know, how, may, how many have been watching these Olympics and sitting there watching them? You're just sitting there watching them. You're sitting there watching them. You're going, I can do that. <laughs> I, can, I can jump in the water. I can swim. I can swim really fast. I, I, I know I can do that, you know? And then you, 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 get, and you get out there, you see them just do all the little whatever that stuff is on the balance. I can do that. I can do that. But then I'm sitting there thinking, you know, all the hours that go into it, the, you know, the time, the, the, everything else, the training, and I, I just thoroughly enjoy my popcorn and Mountain Dew, so I'll stick with it. So it's just that simple. You know, that, that's a gold in my book, and so I, I can watch them win gold, and I can eat my gold. It's just that good. So I, I'll enjoy it, but I'll cheer them on. But what about that, man? The Olympics, you know, USA team, they've been, they've been sort of unstoppable, haven't they? Especially in swimming. I mean, that's just nuts, winning that many medals. I, watched, I was watching like last night. And literally, there was a guy who jumped, if you can imagine this right here being the platform, all the way over past that pole, which is about 25 feet, so he went 27 and a half feet. That's just crazy. 
in my book. And I know that's not even the world record. Carl Lewis set the world record like some 20 some 28, 29 feet. That's just, that's just mind-boggling that the human body can do that. I mean, think about it. Phelps, how many medals has this dude won? Or Ledecky, she's coming on strong. I think their new nicknames are what? Wonder Woman and Superman. And so, but eventually, you start to look at these guys and I'm like, they're unstoppable. Put them in the water. Why even get in the, why get in the water? I mean, they're going to win. You know, they're unstoppable. But then, then eventually, you know, like, like Phelps said yesterday, it's, it's his last meet. He's going to change it. He is going to stop. You know, eventually, Ledecky will come to that point where she, what? Stops. And I started thinking about, like, what's unstoppable in our world? You know, we see things coming. You know, Mack trucks are, you know, you see a Mack truck fully loaded, full of rock. It's kind of unstoppable. But eventually, the mass will stop, right? The force will stop. What, what a, you know, a tornado, you see it coming, it's kind of unstoppable. You wish it would go another direction, but it's unstoppable. An avalanche, have you ever seen one? I, I've never been around during an avalanche, but I'll get to watch National Geographic and it's pretty amazing. And just, it just starts to move and it's unstoppable. A hurricane, I've been in one, they, they're unstoppable. But eventually if the weather pattern's right, if, if, if the weather shit, you know, the gravitational force, it, it, it does something, right? It, what does it do? It, it stops. And the same idea, what is something, some kind of force that's completely unstoppable? What is a force equivalent to those type of things is completely unstoppable? It's when two or more are gathered in his name. It's when three or four of us get the same idea and we start to move in the same direction. We start to realize that Christ at the center can do a lot of things, not just in my life, but other people's lives. We start to change people's lives. And when that takes place, we become unstoppable and and seriously why unstoppable well here's what I believe God is asking us to be and and here as we're we are going through what we're going through in central Kentucky and I hope we we just start to 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 be the church for the very first time I, I believe honestly we we really haven't seen it for quite some time we got sort of comfortable I grew up in a comfortable church And that's not a negative thing. I I love church. But at the same time, I don't believe any of us really have seen an unstoppable force because once it starts, get ready, it changes what you care about. You start to see things through God's lens and not ours. It changes everything about you and you really literally wake up in the morning and say, God, how, how can I be used? It changes your whole being. And from that moment on, man, you start to just, you know, just like the Olympics, they're winning gold medals. Man, the, the, the gold medals reward there, it ain't got nothing on the feet that I'm getting ready to walk on when I get to heaven because it's gold. We're going to walk on it. It is powerful, man. I'm telling you, if we get aligned in the same direction, when we all start to move simultaneously towards Christ, get ready. It's unstoppable. That same zeal and passion that you love for your favorite thing, if you apply it towards Christ, get ready. It's unstoppable. And, and I hope by, when we get done to, by today, the end of the day, that you just say, man, that's an unstoppable vision. I'm in. I believe. I'm with them. I, I, I'm all in. But here's what we have to understand first. It's not an unstoppable vision that's going to get it going. It's not that something that Jason came up with. Because there's a lot of people that talk unstoppable, right? It's not that. But it is because of something that we have come up with and and decided to go all in on. And it's not something that man has done. It's something that God has done. 
It's an unstoppable vision when he sent his son first to love us and we're going to camp out on that. And we're going to move towards that. We're going to gravitate towards that. And there's been a group of people literally for more than three years just praying and camping out on this and just doing everything they they, they can do and just asking for favor and praying for this moment right here. Because it took us three years to detox everything that we thought about church to center, point, and live. And now we're ready to unleash because we've got the church filtered, all the others, just the, the programmatic stuff. We've we filtered through all the junk and we're like, okay, our hearts are aligned. They're ready. We've been praying over this. And so now we're ready to unleash unstoppable. The question is, are you? Are you? you see, we've been praying on our faces. Some of us have been fasting. Some of us have been meeting regularly and praying. Asking this simple question, God, what do you, what do you want us to be? What are, you, what are you calling this community of believers to become? What are you, well, how do you want us to move towards you more? How do you want us to, to, to give up more? Our time, our talent, and tithe. What do you want from us? How do we really become this unstoppable vision? And it was simple. And there's a word at the very end. I'll tell you what the word is. But along my journey about three, four years ago, it was, it was kind of complex, but it's simple. Back in 2010, I was serving at a local church. And, and during the local church, I was, I was enjoying the time there. And I was out of seminary and, I, and literally... I started to have my family there, and I love the church. There's nothing wrong with that church. Um, but along the way, God started working in my heart. And when he started working in my heart, I, I just started to realize something was missing. Uh, my wife could tell you about this because um, we were going through a hard time um, just in our own journey together. I'll be straightforward with you. You know, I was out late at night times. And and it wasn't because I was out partying or drinking or having fun, goofing off, you know, gambling, none of those things. I was literally out in my backyard in my hammock, just curled up like a little ball and looking at stars. I love stars, by the way. I love going out and watching all the stars. I just, just, it's just mind boggling that he created all that and then he created me. I just, that's just mind boggling to me. But I was sitting out there in the yard and, and I was up late at night. I remember the season well because I actually went to the doctor. I was kind of concerned because of my health. And I was like, you know, am I dying? Because I can't sleep. I'm, I'm really struggling here and I, I can't, you know, I can't function. Um, I'm only getting four or five hours of sleep at night. And the next thing I know, he's like, no, you're healthy as a stick, man. And you're, you're good to go. There's nothing wrong with you. It, it's something else. Your anxiety's up. Something's going on internally. I was like, oh, I knew exactly what it was. And I was wrestling with God at that moment. I was saying no to God, what he was really asking me to do, because I was comfortable in the roles that I was serving. I, I, was, I was, you know, working in that church and loving in that church and, and doing some great things with, with, with ministry. And, but I really wasn't trusting God completely with me. I was, I was preaching it, but I wasn't living it out. And eventually Sarah and I really had some really strong conversations and she's sitting over there and you can ask her, but I'll just put her on the spot. You know, she confronted me and said, are you, are you, you know, are you looking at porn? Because you're up late at nighttime on the computer. Are, are you, you're, when you leave, you're, 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 you're just driving to McDonald's. That doesn't make any sense in the middle of the night. Who does it? Who goes to McDonald's at 3 a.m.? 
You know, who does that to go get, a, you know, a, a, a little happy meal? Who does that? Who sits on top of a, the, you know, a building and just stares at the city? Who does that? And I, and I was like, well, it's me. I, I do that. I'm stupid. I'm crazy. I'm, you married me. It's your fault. You know, it's those type of moments. But she didn't believe me. She's like, something, you're different. You're changing. You, you know, you need, you need help. You need to counsel. You need to talk to somebody. So I did. I sought out some really wise people in my life. And literally they said, why don't you just shut up, stop talking to God and listen to God. I was like, well, that's a novice idea. So I did it. And the whole concept was one word. And it was a word called Trust. And trust allowed me to start to lean into what Jesus was asking from me. And man, it was tough. He was asking for me to really stop faking it to make it, if I can use that word, and start just going out and, and, and really living it out in a way that's authentic, real, and you're gonna have to sacrifice some things. You're gonna have to really roll up your sleeves and get dirty for once in your life. You're gonna have to go out and do things that you've never, you're gonna have to tackle your savings. You're gonna have to give me this. You're gonna, you're gonna have to just go all in and say, guess what? I surrender all. We sing that song. I grew up with that song. I, you know that song, I surrender. But some of us like, I, I surrender some. For me, I know what that feels like now. And I know what it happens when you start to get this unstoppable feeling. You feel like you're invincible. You know why? Because you got God standing behind you. It's the greatest feeling in the world. I have no doubt that these words were straight from God when he said them that night. And I went and told Sarah, I said, he said to us for, to go do this and, and when we, we trust him, he's gonna just unleash something crazy and he, he provided friends that, that went down the journey with us together. Like every person we went and asked, they said, yeah, we're in. Yeah, we're in. We're, we're, we believe in that. We're all in. We, we, we'll do this. Yes, we're, we're with you. And the next thing, you know, I'm like, this is crazy. I didn't think this would even happen. I, I, I don't even know what to do next. And being green and young, and especially as a church planner, you just do stupid things. You talk about stupid things. You, you say stupid things. And yes, stupid is the Bible. So don't get after me saying that word. You know, you shouldn't say that word from the stage. It's there. And, and, and that was me. I was still not leaning completely and trusting God because I was leaning on Jason. That's a tough one to admit from here right now, okay? But the truth is this. When I fully figured it out, it got really real for me and Sarah. It, we just became really obedient in everything. And it can change your life. And I'm telling you right now, that moment when we decided to go all in, and it, it changed everything. When God said, hey, you'll never have to worry about money, because that was a concern. And you'll never have to worry about people coming, wanting to be loved. That's what you're supposed to do. Because I first loved you, Jason. I want you to go reproduce that in a city that you call home, Danville. And I ran in immediately and I started telling Sarah all about it. And it was like 4 a.m. And she didn't like that. But I'm telling you, when we finally realized that time is short and there are more days behind of us than they are in front of us, it causes you to change what you care about. And when we begin to understand that we, we want to impact others by following Jesus with everything, with all of our soul, mind, and heart, we believe that the only way we can be effectively doing this is by putting this mission statement into place, into action, which is to lead people to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And when we start to do that, man, what is devotion to you? We say we're devoted to our spouses, but he is asking us to be devoted to him in all things. And when we get this right, man, Christ launches things that we have never, ever, ever seen around here before. 
which is a movement. And that's what I want. It's not just a simple catchphrase, it's the truth. It's trusting God with something bigger. And we did this not, not just for the mission of doing everything short of sinning to, to seeing people come to see Christ and light bulbs out there in that lobby light up. It's for the mission, uh, the mission of seeing a person tie for the very first time and being generous with his resources and then getting a bowl of chili. And it's, it's, it's really getting that momentum moving of the mission of trading in our time and seeing a kid's life light up because you decided to be a mentor. It's for the mission of seeing changed lives and those going out and changing other people's lives here in our own community, not around the world, right here. It's for the mission of seeing marriages put back together because I know some of your marriages are on rock, he ground right now. And I've seen it happen. I've seen the mission of seeing people walk away from addictions and bad habits in this right here body. I've seen it. It's the mission of people seeing giving their lives to Christ and going out and literally changing the world from this location. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to tell you that me and Sarah, my wife, we have given our lives to this mission. And here's my question. Will you follow us to get involved in this game? Will you give your lives? Will you give your lives and be dedicated to the mission that God has presented us, this group of people we call Center Point? It's not a church. It's not four walls. It's a body that's unstoppable. And I'm asking you, that's the question I want you to just start to permeate in your brain, in your heart, because Jesus is asking you to get involved. And this is sort of where I know this is true. I'm a soccer coach, and my daughter and my son, they love playing soccer, and this season's no different. We're going to play some soccer. And this one bugged me because my daughter, I know, is a little bit more skillful than what she puts on some days. But when we first started playing soccer, um, she was out there, and I, you know, I gave her the jersey. She had the jersey on. She had the soccer pants on. She had soccer shoes, soccer shin guards. She had soccer ball, and she had this little thing. Her nanny got her, and she just had to have it on her hair to make her hair look like that, you know. And it was just one of those moments that was really clear. She's like, "Oh, she looks good." She's, she's out there. She's kicking it. She knows how to throw it in. We're good. We're gonna do good. And she's out there running around. First game, whoop, whistle starts. She's out there, and she's, they're chasing butterflies. I was like, and I'm the coach. And then all of a sudden, like, the girls get together, and I don't know what they were doing. They got together, and they sat down on the ground, y'all. They start picking those little white clover things off the ground, like, ooh, flowers. And the ball's being dropped, like, get the ball! Get the ball! And they're just sitting there like, but Daddy, flowers. <laughs> and you, what do you say? When your little daughter comes running up to you, giving you a flower in the middle of the game. Thank you, darling. Get the ball. <laughs> Just get the ball. So she goes and picks it up. No! Kick the ball. Okay. For two 
years, man. She just, she's out there doing cartwheels. I mean, this was social hour for her. She was enjoying it. She's just like, this is the greatest thing in the world. How you doing? Oh, you went to school this week. This is a fun. Look at my nails. You know, she's just doing all this silly stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Do you not understand what this game is all about? She's like, what? I said, you are supposed to take this ball and use your speed. I know you're faster than Maximus. I know you're faster than most of us. Will you use your speed and take the ball and dribble down and just go fast toward the goal? And I know it's a big goalie keeper, but he is scared of you because you are Mia Kilby. And kick it hard towards the net and kick it with everything you got. And when you do that, we win the game. We win the game? And I realized something right there. You see, I can put her clothes on. I can dress her up. I can make her look like a soccer player. I can make her just, you know, and be in the right environments. I can do everything I can. But until I told her the goal or the object of the game was to put that ball in that net, she never realized it. And some of you are in the same game. You come here week after week enjoying the favor of donuts, coffee, a welcoming environment, a loving environment, a worshipful environment, but you still haven't figured out that you're supposed to put the ball in the back of the net and light up some light bulbs along the way. When that moment happened for Mia, the next game, she scored two goals. From there on out, she was a beast. The guy came up to her and she... And she, I was like, that's my daughter. <laughs> Mess with her. I'll send it, you know, you just wait till Makai gets hold of you. Yeah, I mean, she was throwing elbows. I mean, she scored. Matter of fact, she inspired the whole team. Last year, we had 10 people on our team. Guess what? One game, everybody scored a goal. I was like, we got a championship coming, man. We're unstoppable because of one person who got it. One person who is less than four foot tall got it. She figured out how to put the ball in the back of the net. She got it. And she created a whole environment on the whole team, which became unstoppable. No one wanted to play us anymore. And that felt good. I'm just being honest. As a dad, I was like, yeah. And as a coach, yeah, we'll, we'll take it easy. We'll put the subs in. No, we, we, our subs were kicking your butt. I mean, it is awesome. It felt good to win. See, some of you have never seen what a win looks like in a church because the only thing we do is, yeah, we just show up. And I want to let you know, man, when, when you allow Jesus to change your life, get ready. It is unstoppable. You can't shut up about it. It changes everything. And I want that for you. And so if you got your Bibles, let's dive in and let's go to chapter, this chapter called Mark. Mark chapter 8 to be exact. Mark chapter 8. So you got the middle of the Bible. You got Matthew. You got Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to camp out in Mark this morning just for a little bit. And right here at the very beginning, 
Mark was a guy who hung out with Jesus. He was one of his disciples, and they changed, changed a lot of things going on in his life, and this is one of the things he wrote down when he witnessed, and he just recorded very well. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. It says, Jesus is like hanging out with this group of people, and he's really loving on them, and some of his disciples were there, and it says right there in, the, in Mark chapter 8, it says, then he, meaning Jesus, then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said, if anyone would come after me, you just show up. That's not what it says. If anyone would come after me, you know, just, just, just go out and put the jersey on and, and just put, what would Jesus do shirt on, you know? No, it says what? It says, if anyone would come after me, what? He must, what, say with me? Deny himself. Deny himself. And take up the cross and do what? Follow me. You see, some of you, you're following yourself. Some of you have been following yourself forever. And where's that getting you? Not working out too good, is it? So if you study the scriptures here, if you really go all in, which you're going to find out that, that what we're really going to see is, is hanging on the cross is like a favorable form of punishment and the execution form back in the day, like Jesus did. You know, he had a carrier's cross, but he also had a hang on it. But uh, to, to just be executed, if, just to be hung is a great way to go out. It really is compared to what this right here is talking about. And so what they would do is they would actually put a cross on a guy's back and they would make him walk step by step throughout his entire community so that everybody would see him. Sometimes they would be naked and everybody would laugh at him and people would spit upon him. And, but he would make and take his cross into the community that he lived and if you really cut through this verse, what you're going to see is Jesus is actually asking us to do the same thing. He's asking us to do the exact same thing. He's asking us to deny ourselves and take up his cross into the community where we live. He's asking us to take our cross into the community or our oikos, which is a Greek word of community where we work, where we live, where we play, is to take the cross into our schools, into our gyms, into the boardrooms, into the offices, on our dates, into the living room, into the music that we listen to, into the movies that we're watching on TV, and not just be a partially devoted follower on Sundays, but to be wholehearted, everything in, camping out, packing the cross every single day, on our go. When he says go, we just follow. Every single place we go, we just follow. We follow his lead. He's really asking us to step up. He's asking us to step up our game and be devoted to him. It's kind of challenging because, again, you've never been challenged that way before. It's comfortable just to come and sit. Asking us uh, to, to sacrifice a lot, not just a little. I want to, to show you something. This is really mind-blowing. There's a church in the book of Acts. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and flip to Acts chapter 2. It's like, it's like the very first church that, that ever was started and formed and began to move. And who knows? Maybe it's the same size that we're meeting right here. We don't know. We just know it was a you know, couple hundred people that were just moving together and just really just getting excited about what Jesus, he did. I mean, come on, he just rose from the grave. That's kind of awesome. But you know, then he unleashed the Holy Spirit, which would be unbelievable. And, and we have that same power, but all all of a sudden, here's the, this, this church at the very beginning. And, this, and you just, they said, we're just going to do one thing. We're just going to fully devote ourselves. A mind-blowing concept, right? 
They, they just said, we're going to be fully devoted. And I'm going to show you what it looks like to be fully devoted. Because some of you are like, well, what does that mean? So Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And this is what it says. It says, it says they were devoted, which means like us, like the church. That they devote themselves to the apostles, the teachings, and everyone was filled with awe. And I love this part of the verse because it does not mean like it was the 30, 30 people that were in a few first fruit rows here that were filled with awe. It means that as, as you walked in this weekend, you had a sense of awe or expectation because I have been texting you all week long and praying over you all week long and letting you know that something special is about to happen. That that sense, they were in that sense, that same exact sense. God is going to move and I know it. He's going to change my life. He's going to change your life. He's going to change this person's life. And there was an expectation when they walked in the doors that God was going to move and move miraculously. And because of that, many wonders and many miraculous signs were done by the apostles and all the believers were together as one. They had everything in common. They were selling their goods, their possessions, they gave to anyone that had need. If they had property or something like, like that somebody had some need of money, they would sell it. If they had financial problems because of some kind of physical hurt or element, they would, they would go on Facebook yard sale or, or Craigslist and they would get rid of items just to raise support. And they would sell the, everything they had just to make sure they were taking care of the same family member that was moving in the same direction. Because family was bigger than DNA. Why? Because they loved them unconditionally. They cared about them intently. It moved them to change what they cared about because Christ was unleashed. He was unstoppable. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, not just on Sundays. They continued to meet every single day not just one experience every three weeks, not just twice a year for those who do Easter and Christmas. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They listened to each other. They got involved in circle groups because circles are better than roles. You're gonna hear more about that as we go into our fall. Circle groups are better than roles. It's good to show up here on a roll on Sunday, but it's so power, much powerful when you get involved with a small circle, a group of friends who, who are like-minded. You can expose the truth. You can just be really honest and say and share and pray for one another. Circle groups are better than roles. And they started to invest into that and they started to live in that and they listened to the power of this verse that really transformed everything. And, and, and it says, the Lord added to their numbers daily. It said they, they added to the numbers daily those who were what? Being saved. It's not just about on Sunday coming and getting, hey, every head bow, every, you know, eye close. No, it, it was because they were living this, 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 this oikos out in their work environments, in their home environments, on the soccer field. And the next thing you know, they were telling about what God has done for the week. And like, well, I want to know more about this God. Tell me more about what you think about God. And you, just, you can't shut up. You just can't not expose that truth, that reality. And it changes everything. And, and people are like, well, I want, to, I want, I want that. Well, let's just talk. It's just allowing just some God to move right here, right now. We can do that? Yeah. We don't have to have a pastor? Yeah. You don't have to have a pastor. My pastor's kind of scary. He's bald and six foot eight. 
being honest. People are coming to see Christ every single day. This movement is, is what it is. It's the Spirit of God went through this church and they went beyond the partial commitment. They went beyond their own comfortable lifestyles. They did life together and they said, God, use us. God, use us. Stretch us. We will do whatever that is for you that you ask and you see this unfold in Acts chapter 2. God used this church to absolutely transform many lives because they had a changed life. And otherwise, you saw it as you walked in today on the wall. It's where we're heading for this whole fall, maybe for the rest of our lives at center point. But changed lives change lives. If you've been infected by the Holy Spirit, you can't shut up about it. And that whole wall out there, we pray that you start to put names up there that you know in your work, in your home, and in your play, that you just start to put names up there and you start to pray over them. And we're gonna pray that one day above them, those light bulbs start to light up because you decided to be bold enough to put somebody's name up there so it can start to be prayed over and you are gonna be held accountable for that name and to invest into. And so we ask you to start to write names on that, that, that clear plexiglass out there, change lives. You have a changed life and you're gonna go out and invest into our community to see one day a changed life. And then it's gonna multiply and multiply and multiply and that whole board is gonna fill up. We believe it, I believe it because I believe in God. And what I want you to know and understand is God is doing this right now in our current world that we live in and to expand his kingdom and to expand the churches. The vision right here is not something that can, that can create it. It's far beyond that. I believe it's, it's truly wise. It's an unstoppable vision because God crafted it and he put it in our hands and he has handed it over to us and he said, this is what I'm asking you to do. So what does that mean for us to center point today? How do we participate in the vision that God created a long time ago to use and reach People not literally here in, in Danville, Kentucky, but literally Kentucky, United States, and around the world. How do we do that? If you're taking notes, here it is. If, if, if you would, you'll see it hanging all over our walls. And it says, we, you know, basically we have a vision. If you see something, it's a vision. In our church, we want to see everything should be centering on Jesus Christ. And when we start to center and we figure it out, we want to start pointing back towards Christ. Why are you doing that? Because Christ is the King. Christ is the Lord of my life. And when we start to live it out, when we start to live in Jesus Christ, it transforms everything. Because when Jesus enters the house, right? Changes everything. See, when we do these three simple things, it begins to change what we care about. And we naturally begin to change others because they, they see something special. It's not your opinion. It's not the way you want to live. It's because it's just God's doing something crazy. And then it moves, it moves you to a more uncomfortable place, which is to become a fully devoted follower of guess who? Not you, Jesus. The one who gives you strength, the one who gives you life, the one who has created you and uniquely formed you in your mother's womb. You see, here's a role that you get to play though. Here's the role here and we get to train for and we get to create environments for. It's to fully devote yourselves. And so we need you to welcome people. We need you to get into the game. We need you to be welcoming people in our community, your friends, 
your family, people that don't know Christ, people that don't have a church home. I don't want to steal cookies from another church because they're church cookies. Just being honest, sometimes they're stale. I, I did mission, friends. I know what it looks like to get a cookie out of them. It's stale, man, week after week. But if you make your own batches every week, get ready. Those taste good. Macadamia nut. I'm a little nutty. I was called a fruitcake once, remember? Just being real. It's good when you make your fresh batch of cookies. And it's fun. Because you don't know what kind of shape they're going to come out in. Some might come out a little burnt. That's okay. That's what we have milk for. Other ones come out nice and gooey and chewy and they're just, mmm, good. They're contagious because everybody wants them. But I tell you what, when we start to reach out and we welcome people in, it changes everything. It changes what we care about. We just, we just, we start to see God do something crazy. We need you to just start to realize something. You know, week after week, it's just not a weekend thing. It's just a one-time thing. It's every week, man. You're, you're investing and you're inviting. You're investing and you're inviting. And we believe when we start to do that, it changes us. Not just to invite them to church, but to invest into the Holy Spirit in a way that changes the conversation. That's a spiritual conversation. That's what we call spiritual conversations. When you invest into them and you start to tell what the Holy Spirit's done for you this past week, guess what? You, you can't, hey man, why don't you come to me with a loft? We just, we just, we get to experience this, not, not church. This doesn't have a steeple, but with two or more gathered here and we just get to worship. We get to gather in his holy name. It changes you. And so we want you to welcome people. Help us welcome people. So here's your homework for the week. You didn't think he's going to get homework on the first week back. I'm sorry, you do. No syllabus, but here's your homework. Homework. I want you to think about three people. If we're going to focus on centering, pointing, and living, I want you to think about three people. Who are three people that you need to be investing into and loving on and inviting? Inviting them into your culture. Inviting them into your changed life. And then be bold enough to take the risk and say, hey, man, why don't you come worship with me? Why don't you come and sit beside me? And not just simply because we want just to see all the chairs full up and, and then we have people just standing on the back rows and, and we're all, Stacy and everybody's just sweating like where do we put them all? No, that ain't about it. It's just really because of one thing. Because there are people around us that are hurting. And those lives need to be changed and it's up to you. It's not up to me. It's, it's up to you. We will be a church that welcomes everybody. We welcome people. We will welcome them in and bring them in and we will see God move them because I believe a God that can do that. We will see him work and we will see God absolutely change and transform this community and he's going to use this church to do that. It's an unstoppable vision that only God has allowed us to be a part of. So say this with me. We will be a, a church where everybody is what? Welcome. And we are a church where nobody is perfect. And everyone is needed, though, to accomplish his goal. No one's perfect. We all have junk in the trunk, don't we? Come on. I mean, if we were in a Baptist church, this is your time to say amen. All right? You can look at your neighbor and say you got junk in the trunk, you know? And if you're sitting beside your wife, you might not want to do that one. But... You know you do, and it's okay. Nobody's perfect, but I'm telling you, we accept that. Bring
hanging on because I got a God who's going to change the trunk. And it's going to be fun to watch people change. It's going to be fun because it's painful. It's messy. It is exciting to see it take place. And I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of seeing God accomplish something unstoppable. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of us. God has given us all gifts and talents and, and that are supposed to be used to save and change lives. And for you guys who are sitting here right now, I know you, you know what's going on. God has given you a gift and God has given you a talent. And if you're not using it, there are things in this campus here on the third floor, this building, that are not getting done because you're not stepping out in faith or up to the plate or getting involved in the game and using that talent. And that gift that God has given you to use in the context of the local church or the global church could possibly hinder somebody else not having a changed life. And I pray that you see that. I pray, just like my daughter Mia, you see it and your eyes lit up, you put it in the goal? I pray this is that moment right now, that clarity moment, like your eyes are lighting up. I got a gift. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and you just do it. Don't really ask for permission. Just go do it. Now, if you want to take the roof off, you might want to ask permission, but go do it. What you don't realize is we need you. God needs you. We need you. This is too big for one person. It's an unreal what God is doing and God has given each and every single one of you gifts and talents. And I want to ask that before you leave this room this weekend that you would commit to God and you would say, God, I am going to serve. I'm going to use my talents. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to show up earlier. I'm going to show up at 10 o'clock instead of coming in at 11.05, driving here 100 miles an hour to get here, and then complain that there's no donuts left. God, I'm going to serve, and I'm going to wake up early on Sundays, and I'm going to be glad, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to love others, and I'm going to welcome them in. I'm going to use the gifts that you have been given, because I don't know one thing, it, I'm not bashing anybody here, but it doesn't take much to make coffee, y'all. It doesn't take much to wipe a butt in Kidsville. I'm just spelling it out for you. It doesn't take much to welcome somebody and give them a high five, a handshake, or a hug appropriately. It doesn't. It welcomes them in, and it makes them feel what? Loved. Just like what Jesus did when he first came. For God, so what? Loved. The world that he sent his son. See, you gotta move. You gotta be sending your love outward. That way you can see change. You see, everybody is needed. Everyone is needed. Everyone is needed. We have a vision for a church that believes everyone is changed if, if, if we stay Christ-centered. If we start to have our own little opinions over here and they got an opinion over here and we got an opinion over here, man, somewhere along the way, we're off-centered. It gets, it gets confusing and it gets way out of balance. And it doesn't make any sense. We have to stay Christ-centered and then we see change. Have you ever gone back to a class reunion and, 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 and you thought to yourself, you know, that person that was just like crazy and just did stupid stuff on drugs and just, you know, it just, he was a wild child. 
and now they're a pastor, and you're like, I thought that would never happen. Like, that just is mind-boggling. Yeah, you can look at your husband, or you can look at your wife, or you can look at your kids, and you, but I'm telling you right now, I believe in what change looks like, and if you don't believe me, Romans 10, 13 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you start to cry out to Jesus, it changes you. So give me the weak, give me the sinners, bring them to us. I'm not gonna change them. I'm not gonna say you can't say that. I'm gonna say, hey, just stand near God and watch what happens. He's gonna change you. He's gonna change what you care about. He's gonna allow you to start to see, man, I need to start serving more. I need to start loving more. I shouldn't say the F-bomb anymore. Matter of fact, the only F you should be saying is forgive you, not the other one. Matter of fact, like I said before, you can call your mother and say, my pastor told me to say F you. And then let me clarify though, you know, forgive you. You need to do that. You need to learn, just like last week when Dave DeVries said, hey, you need to back up and forgive others so you can move forward. I believe in that. And when we do that, when we start to see God move and we can call on his name and he'll save us. And when we come here on the weekends and we all enter with baggage, when we enter with pain, you, you have your own story and, and you have your hurt and you have your addictions, you have your secrets. And what this verse is saying is, is that when we come here and you can come as you are, but if you're truly calling the name of the Lord, you will leave this place changed in a different place and a new creation. You'll have a fresh start for the week. And it can happen this weekend for you if you're in that boat. You see, when you come in the presence of of God, you come in this presence, you can't help but be changed. When you start to say, God, I believe, when when you start to see these light bulbs light up, it, it changes you, man. You get addicted to it. Like some people, my wife gets after me all the time and I know, but man, I just can't shut up about it. My mind cannot stop thinking. I go to the park and I'm like, man, we could do this and we could do this. We could, we could put a, we could have a worship service on top of the roof. That'd be the coolest worship service in the world, especially when the sun goes down. Or maybe when the sun's rising, who wants to join me? I'm just, that's what my brain, brain thinks. Like who cares about the noise permits? Well, let's do it. Then we'll get in trouble. Because they had passed a new decibel reading thing. But anyways, it's just those things. That I just, that's what my brain thinks. I'm just looking at these walls. I'm like, oh, those are so temporary. We could blow that wall out. We could move this. We could do that. We could, man, we could plant another church in Junction City. This is going to be the coolest thing in the world. We can plant one in Liberty. We can plant one in Parable. We can do Harrisburg. Oh, that's great. You know, that's the way my brain thinks because I believe. And I want you to believe in what Christ is up to. And when two or more gathered and we start to move in the same direction, say it with me, unstoppable. You see, 1 Samuel, let's go a little old school before we start to shut this thing down. You see, when we start to come truly in the presence of God, you can't help but be changed. In 1 Samuel 10, 6, you're writing something down this week, taking notes, whatever, write this one down. 1 Samuel 10, 6 says this, And I want you to feel the powers and the gravity of this word. It says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will be changed into what? A different person. Changed into what? A different person. You see, some of you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I I don't feel changed. You've been coming to church all your life and you don't feel changed. You know why? 
never accepted the Holy Spirit. You're gonna miss heaven by 18 inches from head to heart. He's never transformed your life because you never did this one word we talked about there at the very beginning. I can't hear this word enough, a change into a different person. When I start to see that, man, it gets me excited. And I pray that everyone in this room will be changed, not just because of head knowledge, but because of heart knowledge. And it's not just for 10 of us or 20 of us or 30 of us, but I want every single person who has ears to hear and will make a commitment to God. I will no longer, this is my prayer for you to make a commitment here, a bold statement. I will no longer be partially devoted follower of Christ. And I'll do whatever you ask. And I'll do whatever it takes to trust you. You see, when we do that as a church, the spirit of God's power is going to come upon us. And I'm telling you, this morning in the loft, guys, our lives are gonna be changed and it's gonna be unstoppable. This entire community will be transformed and changed and we will never be the same again. We'll unleash a movement just like the beginning of the church in Acts 2 because what we decided right here to get into the game. And here's the exciting thing is, is God wants us to score goals. He wants to see light bulbs lit up. He wants you to write names out there. He wants you to go invest and, and invite. He's entrusted you with this unstoppable vision and all we have to do is trust him. That's it. Not man, not me, not you, but him. Be bold enough to trust him just to go out and have a spiritual conversation. Invest into somebody who you know is far from God and watch what happens. I want you to lean into that and I, and I believe with this whole vision, this whole idea, it hinges on this one thing. It hinges on this one idea. And if you go to the very center of the Bible, you'll find this. It's the very center word of the Bible. It, this one word hinges everything. This whole thing we talked about this morning thus far, this last 25 minutes that we've been speaking, I'm telling you right now, this one word is the separation whether we're going to be unstoppable or we're not. And it's trust. Do you trust that God can do this? Because if you lean into what's your strong and how you can do something or how you can change, it's gonna be unstoppable for a little bit, but then just like an avalanche, it'll stop. Or just like Phelps, you'll win a couple medals, but then eventually you'll stop. But when you trust God with this, get ready. Unstoppable. In the middle of the Bible, in Psalms 118.8, it says it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. So my prayer is today that we move in together as one, that this whole body, everybody up here that has ears to hear, that we just start to trust God with everything, all things, and just watch what happens. And I know some of you are feeling overwhelmed right now. Like, I don't know if I can do that because my bank account's got a lot of zeros in it. And I don't know if I trust him with all those dollars. He gave them to you in the first place. I don't know if I trust him with my kids' 
because I know what, I can discipline them a little bit better. I'm telling you, man, they're just yours for a short season of life. You get the privilege of guiding them. It's his life who gave you life. Do you trust him enough so he can start to change what you care about? Do you trust him enough to be able just to, to move in a direction that's completely unstoppable and it creates a movement around you that changes everything? I'm gonna let Trevor sing a song because some of you are feeling alone right now and you're feeling like, I, I can't do this. I'm telling you, believe and just trust in God. He will allow us to move together as one and he will unleash a movement called Unstoppable. Here's my question. Is God just moving right now? It's awesome. Here in a minute, we're gonna switch songs and we're gonna ask for God to give us the faith that it requires to trust Him with everything. Will you join me in singing that song? Will you join me in this mission we call Centerpoint? Because I believe what God's doing. It's unstoppable. It's changed my marriage with my wife, with my kids, and my family. And I just invite you to, to be a part of it. Because it'll wreck your world. It'll let you be free for the first time and see things you've never experienced. But you gotta trust Him with it. And I pray it haunts you all week long. I pray it keeps you up at nighttime, not just because you're watching the Olympics, but because you're really struggling with what it means to trust God and, and trust Him enough to be on mission with God so we can see an unstoppable vision come to life. Will you give your life for this mission we call Center Point? Will you give your life everything that you have come to know? And challenge yourself to be completely, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. So we can see a word called unstoppable. Jesus, man, I just pray over us. And I thank you for what you're doing and how you're doing it. God, I thank you for changing lives. Already, I thank you for changing lives who, who are now out changing lives in our early days. From our days in the school gym. And we didn't even know what we were doing. From that makeshift little screen to the moments where we were just unknown. And we were just asking God for direction. Meeting in a park when it was raining every single day of the week. And then on Sundays, we got there, we gathered, and it never rained on us. We were just trusting you. And then eventually, Lord, you led us to this loft and you said, just follow me, follow my lead. And so we got on the elevator. That breaks sometimes. 
and we have to take the steps so well we have to exercise but we trust you with it because we know what you're doing here amongst us you're challenging our faith you're allowing us to grow in statue and wisdom with you you're pushing us to a, a level of, of what it means to be fully devoted so we can see an unstoppable movement not just in our life but in our family's lives in our friends' lives in our community and so God when that moment happens it will be completely unstoppable so I'm asking and I'm praying that these guys see favor this week as they start to lean in and they start to trust you with everything those spiritual conversations where they work where they live where they play and they can just slowly start to understand this big, huge vision that you have casted when you first sent your son into this world, birthed around this idea of love. You welcomed us all, and you knew we wasn't perfect, but you said, I can use that person, and I can use that person, and I can use that person, and you're allowing us all to come together today in the loft so we can sit there and listen and start to apply this stuff and go out and make a difference and change the world that we know simply by trusting you and being obedient with your word and allowing us to become fully devoted to the one true change maker by trusting you only. God, give us the faith. Give us the faith that requires us to be bold with our words, to be bold with our actions and to walk across the room and to love our neighbor. God, that's my prayer. And I thank you for that moment. And I just pray we put it into application as we sing and shout out this song. God, give me faith. Why don't you stand on your feet and sing with us this morning. If you want to come and pray, grab a friend, you do it. Stacy's in the back praying. There's some friends up here be praying. It's your call. It's on you.